approaches. Blow the whistle, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, they can't hold a flame against you, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, got the game, it ain't no issue, blowing the whistle, I had enough with you, the championship, it is gone, ain't listen to you, I can't give it to you, cause you don't know what I've been on, this is the coaches, podcast, ripping up everything, off that, What is going on, everybody? Welcome back into 2024. We are the Fantasy Coaches. Uh, we haven't been on in about a month, guys. Obviously, we know that you know we take the month off in January and whatnot, so we don't really perform in that stuff. Then we take a nice vacation and whatnot. But now we're back here, and we have some new things to talk about, guys. Uh, some different changes happening at the coaches here. Coach John took a leave of absence for a little bit. He's got some family going on. He's having a baby soon, so he's going to be taking a uh, relatively long break from the show. He might be back at some point. Uh, Coach Jibs, a uh, longtime guy of the show, obviously, he's taking some time for his own personal life right now. So, uh, you know, he they left me. They left me a little bit. I told them they either had to stay or they're, they're kicked off the show. So uh, they decided to get kicked off the show. No, no, they're doing some own things there. They'll hopefully be back at some point, whether it's guest spot or maybe full-time in the future. But uh, they're off the show for now. But we do have some newcomers in here. We do have Coach Tyler uh, he's a, our newest member of the coaches here. Coach Tyler, what's going on, brother? Welcome to the show. How's your first episode going already? What's up, guys? Yeah, super excited to be here. Super excited to jump on with the coaches. Uh, need to remember next time to throw a coach by my name. We'll let the introductory just be Tyler. That's okay. That's okay. Tell us a little bit about yourself and whatnot, and, uh, and then we'll go to our guest for the day. Yeah, so um, I'm a Texas native, so I've grown up all around football, started playing uh, fancy football, got introduced to it. I was about 11 or 12 years old, so I'm over a decade into it, which has been super fun to grow in and uh, just learn every different aspect of it and jumping into Dynasty. Um, I work in high school recruiting with uh, Texas high schools, trying to get some kids up to the collegiate level, and then... On the side, I am a writer with the Dynasty Nerds Devi team, so focusing on that recruiting stuff, going college to the NFL. So uh, super excited to be here, super excited to jump in as a coach. Yes, absolutely. And that's, that's how obviously me and Tyler met. I, obviously, you guys know I do my little bit of writing on with the Dynasty Nerds as well. So I had a, you know, we talked in and we felt it was a good connection, so we brought him on here. So you're going to see a lot of Tyler moving forward, guys, here. And now, of course, we have a familiar guest here on our show. Kyle, brother, what is going on, man? Welcome back onto the show. How are you today? First off, uh, nice to meet you, Tyler, and uh, live stream with you. It's awesome to be here for this monumentous occasion, your first episode. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And Steve, I mean, I'm not with Dynasty Nerds, but I am a nerd. I also like Dynasty football, so I guess that makes me a Dynasty nerd. So, uh, yeah, I guess uh, there's the connection there. But, yeah, we love fantasy football. And I love the fantasy coaches, so I'm glad... Uh, I get to come on and I guess it's the time of year where I know uh well I guess the first thing I'll plug is full press fantasy podcast uh and full press Packers uh taking a break until right after the Super Bowl planning episodes probably within uh sometimes hopefully 24 hours of the Super Bowl <laughs> uh and the first topic we'll be talking about really those first especially on the fantasy pod probably the rest of February is coaching changes and the impact they have on on, on teams and things like that but the coaching staffs are always uh turning over so you know the fantasy coaches Jibs is on for a long time, but eventually things, you know, have to turn over. That's the, the nature of being a fantasy coach, right? And, and coaching the NFL in general. So, yeah, actually, poetic in a sense. So, yeah, <laughs> Mr. Jibs, Mr. John, but glad to be here. 
Yes, yes, there, there'll be mess for sure. And I'm, but I'm sure you'll see them at some point, guys, back on the show at some point. But yeah, we have a lot to talk about tonight, guys. Obviously, you know, we're in the offseason now, so we do switch our focus a little bit more towards Dynasty. We try to get you guys some, you know, in-depth analysis when it comes to Dynasty. We'll obviously get to the rookies at some point down the road here. Uh, but today, I wanted to kind of swing back to 2023 real quick, one last episode, and talk about some players who either performed or did not perform in the second half of 2023 and whether or not we should, you know, take that with a grain of salt or we should really uh, buy into that going into this season here, whether or not you're a redraft, you're a Dawkins dynasty right now, or if you're even talking redraft seven months down the road here, it's important to get a show like this in because it's still fresh kind of in our minds here. We're not going to have to worry about this seven months ago. Like, what did they do last year? I don't know. But we have the time frame to do that now. So we're going to start off the today's show with that. News-wise, guys, obviously, you know, Super Bowl is coming up here. A lot of fun like that. Uh, you know, coaching changes, things like that. But, again, we'll get into coaching changes. It's a different point in the show. Who do you guys have winning the Super Bowl real quick? Chiefs all the way. Chiefs. Okay. I like it. Well, Petty Packers fan in me would be like, I don't want to see the 49ers win, so I would, I would lean the Chiefs because like the, them becoming a dynasty would be less painful than seeing the 49ers even get one. But, uh, <laughs> I'll go with that narrative. But, uh, yeah, just it just seems like, man, the Chiefs haven't been playing their best, and yet here they are back in the Super Bowl. Imagine if they start playing their best all of a sudden. Uh, um, it seems that way. <laughs> this, I think this is the best defense Mahomes has ever had, and so mm-hmm. that might be the edge that they need to. It's also the worst offense he's ever had. Yeah, so then balance all of a sudden. So I don't know. We'll <laughs> see. It's, it's funny how the the quarterback contracts are wildly like as opposite as could be. Mahomes, ten years, four hundred ninety million or whatever it was, and then Purdy, you know, his four year rookie contracts. I'm not even sure. Uh, probably pays him out. I would hope five, like five million. <laughs> I think like over that. the course of his four years, yeah. maybe. Yeah, it's not a lot. So not, not probably not much more than that. I don't see that being in the double digits. Uh, so uh, for a, a seventh rounder, I have to check the details. But yeah, it's uh, it's just wild how I guess on offense they're able to pay for guys like Christian McCaffrey, Kittle, and, uh, you know, Debo's big extension, and it's going to be the, the those battles. Can the quarterback carry it, or will the weapons carry it? Like, what's what's the better way to to build? It? You know, is the rookie contract the best way to do it, or just get the elite quarterback and pay them and work your way around it? So it's interesting that the Ravens finally got this far in the playoffs not on Lamar's rookie contract but when he started you know got this big extension and suddenly being paid as one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL and, and then they they I don't know they, I guess they made a really good first round draft pick and say flowers because that's the case but it's funny how the, the narrative was okay you have to you have to get them on the rookie contract it was the Russell Wilson thing that was the one that changed it all overpay for your defense get your quarterback on the rookie contract get your title but then since then, <laughs> Brady and Mahomes have won like five or six Super Bowls, and a lot of times is this you know highest paid quarterbacks. Maybe not so much the first quarter. Well, we will see on Sunday, guys. So hopefully, we'll find out. Again, I don't care who wins, but I do expect the Chiefs to win this battle. So, but we will see. But let's get We're into all the main Brock Purdy. There we go. Yeah, we got <laughs> a doubt. We got a doubt. Is- all right, so let's get into our topic today, guys. We're talking about second half breakouts. Uh, we got players. We're going to start with players who had a great second half, and then we'll get to some players who did not have such a great second half for fantasy purposes. Uh, so first up, obviously, is Jordan Love. He was QB2 from weeks 10 to week 17. Obviously, he went on a magical run, almost, you know, uh, upsetting the uh, – what did they play, the 49ers, and almost beating the 49ers? Yep. Or was that the – oh, it was Detroit. Was the 49ers again. <laughs> Was it the 49ers or was it Detroit? Oh, yeah, it was the 49ers. It was the 49ers? Yeah, okay. So he had his chances. He had that though. miracle just like he did against the Lions. The, oh, the, the fourth quarter comebacks. Right, right, right. He did it right yes, at the end. Yes. 
I remember now. But like I said, guys, amazing <laughs> yeah, first season as the starter. Obviously, you see the stats on the sheet here. Uh, fantastic first start of the season. So, uh, Kyle, I'll let you start here. Are you buying into Jordan Love's breakout season? Are you buying, especially the second half, where he was, you know, looked like a completely different quarterback than in the first half? Are you buying on this moving forward? Go Pack Go. As I mentioned, full press Packers <laughs> pod. I am a Packers fan, so... Uh, I didn't expect that. Certainly, this this type uh, from Jordan Love. I did think they'd be actually picked them to be fourth in the division, finish last. <laughs> Even the Bears would finish ahead of them. So oh, wow. I'm glad I was wrong about that. Uh, <laughs> not biased, team, uh, clearly. Uh, but you said it, Steve. Jordan Love looked different, and we talked about it a lot on the Full Press Packers pod. The accuracy is kind of inconsistent through the first portion of the season. He was making accurate passes, but there was a lot that he was missing, and I I. Still say, I know uh, on the, the broadcast and the playoff games or every Fox game since then, Greg Olson has claimed that, oh, we saw it. It was the, it was them beating the Lions on Thanksgiving. That was the turnaround. It actually, I think, happened a couple weeks before that. I think it was the loss to the Steelers. Because in that game, I thought Jordan Love outplayed Kenny Pickett. That's really not a high bar to set. Uh, but he, he looked like the better quarterback to me, and significantly so. And he was making a lot of like accurate throws into tight coverages. A lot of the early season success was... Like, best game week one. Oh, the bears defense was just atrocious to start the season. Guys were just wide open and it was easy for him to just hit the wide open guys against big plays. But starting that Steelers game, it seemed like he was starting to drive the football down the field and throw receivers open and show that accuracy, not just being inconsistent, but pretty consistent at every level throughout. And they ended up losing that game. And I remember we talked about on the podcast that week, they were, I think three and six at that point. I mean, okay. Playoffs probably aren't happening, if not completely over at this point. But Jordan Love's development might be something that turns around. And sure enough, they went on a, a winning streak that included that Lions game, to, to <laughs> Greg Olson's continuous point. But it really did start with that Steelers game. And then it, it led to a bunch of wins against the Chargers, the Lions, the Chiefs. And uh, yeah, enough down the stretch to make the playoffs. So I think Jordan Love's own ability helped. But I also think that the young receivers getting better at route running. Uh, which that entire receiving core is on their rookie contract still. So literally everyone can, can return. Everyone is still under contract next year that they had. So uh, that looks to be something that can grow with them. Uh, I really liked the Jaden Reed draft pick. He was, uh, I remember in my top five of the rookie receivers last year. And sure enough, that I feel like that paid off. And uh, maybe, you know, Christian Watson can, can uh, stay healthy, but also regain what he had in his first season. I think those two could be truly dynamic that uh, their continued development will also help Jordan Love. So I'll just say I'd buy in at his, you know, whatever his redraft price will end up being. I think dynasty wise, I have him inside the top 15, like just barely in there. Maybe that's even a little low, but it seems like that's Ooh. kind of his in my top 10. right now, somewhere around the QB one range, if not high end QB two. I like it. I like it. You know, uh, I haven't been in my top 10, so uh, I really am high on Jordan Love. Tyler, how about yeah, you? I'm still man? doubting him, so. <laughs> Don't doubt your own quarterback. Come on. Tyler, how about you? How do you feel about Jordan Love's second half? And are you buying into that moving forward? Yeah, I'm definitely buying into it. Uh, just kind of echoing what Kyle said. You know, it's definitely the development. We saw he's starting to get his first real amount of playing time, and we see him or we saw him working through the kinks throughout that first half of the season. And then he flipped that switch and all those young guys around him flipped that switch and going into the next season and the next couple of years, he's going to have a hopefully healthy Christian Watson. I know he's going to see some specialists to try and stop injuring that hamstring. He's going to have Jordan Reed. He's going to have Luke Musgrave, but 
there's also the opportunity for them in a very running back star depleted draft to add to possibly, you know, an aging Aaron Jones or AJ Dillon coming out of that backfield. But he looked fantastic. You know, he was just continuing to put on a show and he's one of those guys that if you bought in early, you were extremely happy. And if you didn't buy in early, you were kicking yourself because of how cheap you could get him. And so I think definitely I would be bought into Jordan Love, not just because of his skill, but also the tenure of those that will be around him throughout his at least rookie contract. Agreed. Agreed. And he's got a couple more years too. I think another year, right, Kyle? Another mm-hmm. year? Yeah, he's under contract oh. next year. Uh, supposedly the rumors are that they're going to work on extension very clearly, obviously. So well, he deserves I imagine it at, at some point. point he will be <laughs> under contract for a lot longer than just this one upcoming season. But right, right. Get right. enough that, that how much of a price increase is that? It could be massive. If they're willing to match it right away, maybe it's, maybe it's smart to just get it now this year, as opposed to push it and stretch it unless other quarterbacks reset the market and push that even higher so exactly yeah so like i, like I said I, i'm really high on him I, I bought into him a lot at the end of uh last offseason here and hoping that he would take that next step and obviously he did you know he's got the wide receiver core around him to pro- to produce to progress to to get better i mean if you look at that second half alone i mean you, you had luke musgrave out you had aaron jones out for games uh christian watson his supposed wide receiver one was out for multiple weeks he did all that and still managed to do very well. He played a lot of top tier secondaries in that second half here. It wasn't like he played the bottom of the barrel the last eight games of the season. He didn't. He played some tough secondaries and he looked good doing it here. I mean, the only thing I'd like to see better on him was that he didn't handle pressure well for me when I was watching him either on film or looking at this the the game logs afterwards. You know, that was one thing that I'd like to see him develop into next year. But for Dynasty right now, like I took him in the first round of my startup draft. I just did this uh, off season here. And I think he's the real deal. He's got the arm. He doesn't have a huge rushing floor, but he can run enough. And he's got the young core around him where he gets paid and he's got a young, cheap wide receiver core for the next three seasons here. So uh, Jordan Love is on the rise here and you should definitely be buying that second half of the season right now. Just because we're going to have to pay him to Tyler's point, drafting a running back to like the back of Aaron Jones. Yeah, that's maybe a cheap way to do it. So, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, so uh, on to our next guy here, another quarterback that did very well in the second half of the season here, Baker Mayfield. He was QB7 from weeks 10 to 17 here, 4,000 yards, you know, 28 touchdowns, 64% completion percentage. Uh, Ty, I'll let you go first on this one. You know, uh, how do you feel about Baker Mayfield moving forward? Are you buying into his resurgence, or is this a good sell option right now? Um, I would – take the sell at this moment i would even possibly call him a hold just to see how his contract situation ends up because he is coming into he's coming out of that deal with tampa bay and the thought is that tampa bay is going to bring him back but then that comes along with where's mike evans going to be because he was a huge target for him throughout the season throughout the second half especially having some giant weeks together but i would call baker a hold I believe that the talent is still there. He's been a talented guy since college. Um, The Browns were obviously not the greatest landing spot for anyone to go to, but we've seen small glimpses like that first game when he was with the Rams and he came out with no preparation and ended up winning them that big game. Uh, But I think he's a hold for me, if not a sell, if you can get a real good price out of him 
but I don't know just with all the question marks if at this point he would be a buy for me. I respect it. I respect it. Kyle, how about you? How, how do you feel about Mayfield? Another guy just doubted to start the year, <laughs> like just like Jordan Love. Actually, my prediction at the start of the year was the Bucks would get the first overall pick and they would be the team picking Caleb Williams. And they beat the Packers in the season and they actually made the playoffs. They actually won a playoff game as far as the Packers did. So kudos to both teams that I thought would be pretty bad. Uh, but uh, Tyler said it perfectly. All the reasons of what's more significant, I think, to Baker will not be the finish to the season, but just where he ends up. We don't know if it's on the Bucks. Imagine that's the likeliest scenario, but it, it could still not happen. And then again, Mike Evans, even Chris Godwin's in question. And uh, so, yeah, I, I think uh, touchdown variance could be huge. And I think he had a, a great touchdown season, but that could also regress. So a uh, finish like he had with a uh, you know, low floor uh, for rushing, not having that, that rushing ceiling necessarily. It's you're, you're leaving it on. Right. In this case was Mike Evans. Maybe that is something you can rely on every year for, okay, there's 13, 14 touchdowns right there. That could, that could be helpful, but I think that'll be key is you know, who's he throwing to. Yeah, that, that will be key. Mike Evans is a free agent. Obviously there's a chance he comes back, but the bucks want to pay a 30 year old wide receiver, you know, upwards of, you know, 15, $16 million. I don't know if they want to do that yet. I think the biggest situation will be, would be his offensive coordinator leaving. Uh, and Dave Canales, um, you know, going over to the Panthers here, you know, Canales was a guy the last two years have was a guy who could help quarterbacks resurge back in their careers with Geno Smith and obviously with Baker this year. And if you look at Geno Smith this past year, you know, he regressed without without his OC there this past season. Yeah, he did not look like the same quarterback that we liked two years ago. That was like, oh, wow, you know, Geno's like a decent QB, too, that we can start every single week where at times he was, but not as frequently. And, you know, that that is going to be the key for Baker is if he can continue that success. You saw Geno Smith, his completion percentage drop by four points uh, without Canales on the team there. His rushing attempts fell as well. So it will really depend on what kind of offense is around Baker. For me, like if I can get off Baker for a late first round pick right now, I'm probably taking that personally. I'm OK with the whole two, but. Uh, I'm definitely not buying into this success here. I don't. I don't think Baker just bounces back to to be the quarterback we want him to be. He's still kind of a gunslinger type of guy. Uh, I just, he still needs a wide receiver one to help him. And I don't think Chris Godwin at this point of his career is going to be that guy. So unless they bring somebody else in, uh, I think there could be struggles for Baker uh, moving forward, especially in dynasty right now. Yeah, got a first for sure. That's a good point. Yeah, <laughs> you do that. All right, over to a running back here now. We have James Cook here. Uh, now, James Cook, you know, I think his stats are a little padded in certain weeks, but he was RB7 from Weeks 10 to Week 17 here. Obviously, he finished with a fantastic 1,100 yards, which doesn't feel like he ran for 1,100 yards this year. Uh, he had six touchdowns. He had another 400 yards in the air. Kyle, how do you feel about James Cook? Is, is he someone that is primed to continue his success, or is this, you know, sell high on a guy who had a great season? I mean, you, you kind of – foreshadowed a bit the last part you made about the Buccaneers and, and Dave Canales and who's the, you know, who's going to be Baker's offensive coordinator, not just the weapons. It, this big streak of, of cook at the end of the season does coincide with the, the bills firing former CFL quarterback, Ken Dorsey and uh, going with Joe Barry. Uh, so, uh, you know, weeks 10 to seven, only one of those weeks was, uh, I think that was, Dorsey was fired after week 10. So only one of that, that game and down that stretch involves uh, the Dorsey offense. So, his uh, back end stretch of RB seven. A lot of that can be attributed to being at the Joe Barry offense. It seems like they committed to the run game more, more rush attempts. Suddenly he gets to 1100 rushing yards out of nowhere. I am also surprised by that too. So it's uh, I, I think the fact that 
They retained Joe Barry, says that they liked what they did. They, I mean, it also coincided with a big win streak, too. So they were winning these games where they were using James Cook a lot. So the Bills probably are incentivized to continue to do so. So uh, I would, uh, if anything, I might be willing to buy him. Ooh, if you're, okay. uh, you know, adding, if you're trying to get off older running backs, maybe he's not viewed as someone that's as untouchable. And, and you know, you give away a, a productive Tony Pollard or, or you know, Joe Mixon, and you add something to them, you can get a younger running back like that, that way. You set the clock, someone who's still on their rookie contract. So he is 25 though already. So yep. he's, little, he's not, he's not as young, but uh, and I, I respect it. I respect it. You should never uh, buy running backs. Who am I kidding? Yeah. Yeah. Don't buy any running backs ever, but no, but don't buy anybody. Uh, Coach I mean, Tyler, I mean, man. I mean by side on him though. So right. <laughs> how do you feel about James Cook? Um, you know, I'm going to also call him a slight buy, you know, like uh, we talked about with the OC and Joe Barry, um, returning him will be great and then i mean you just got to look at what the passing game looks like the second half of the season with stefan Diggs starting to regress a little bit and you know looking at it from a fantasy perspective hopefully you're able to you know trust him at least the beginning of next season if you have him because i doubt you can get anything substantial for him right now but with stefan Diggs regressing as he did and you know the questionability of Gabe's Gabe Davis's consistent production or the inconsistency with his production. Um, I think a lot of the offense is going to almost have to run through cook for them to be successful. They're going to keep the ball in Josh Allen's hands like they have, but they have this formula to success that they've seen work through the back half of this year. And the main proprietor of that was James cook. So he's not, a you know he's not going to be a top five dynasty back he's not going to be the sexy buy of the offseason but he's a guy that's going to be able to get you those tough yards and grind out the points that you need to hopefully put you over the edge and going into your season next year yeah no i i kind of i get what you guys are saying about cooks i i really do uh i guess i'm kind of on the opposite so i i do i do like that in my own part there but uh, with, with James Cook, like, yeah, he had some a much better success, especially for fantasy because his some of his fantasy points really stood out. He had those two-game stretch where he was, like, over 25 fantasy points. But then he also had that three-game stretch at the end where he was under five fantasy points a game again. They went kind of away from rushing him, you know, 18-plus times a game. They went back to throwing the ball a little bit more. And, and that's my one concern with Cook. Like, yeah, he had a great season. Don't get me wrong. Great season out of him. He's a fast, he's an amazing running back. But I, I do believe they still want to bring more of a bruiser type running back in here, especially late in the season here uh, to kind of compliment James Cook. They didn't really have that. You know, Damian Harris supposed to be that guy. He got hurt. Uh, they brought in Latavius Murray. Again, that didn't really work at that They tried the Leonard Fournette situation. That clearly didn't work early on. Uh, so for me, it's like, I just don't know if Cook's going to be a guy who is going to consistently be trustworthy enough that you know, on my team as an elite running back or a strong running back. Like right now you could sell him, you know, for first, probably you probably could get a first pretty, pretty easily. But um, you know, if you're trying to buy him, I, you have to give up a first one. And I think I'd rather, you know, I'd rather hold on to my draft pick personally. And that, that's kind of how I feel about him. I, I feel like this is still a pass first team. This team still runs through Josh Allen. And I don't think that's going to change, even though that we saw a, a slight change in the offensive play calling late in the season. Uh, I still don't think that's enough for me personally to go out there and buy cook. So that's kind of how I feel about James Cook. All right, over to the next one here, guys. We got an older guy, Devontae Adams. 
you know, Adams had a weird season, but he was wide receiver 11 from weeks 10 to 17 here. 1,100 yards, eight touchdowns. Did not feel like he had that this season, <laughs> but he he did have it this past season here. Uh, so, Tyler, how do you feel about Devontae Adams? Yeah, you know, everything with Devontae Adams just points me to a sell. You know, the age, the question marks going into Oakland season next year. I know they had uh, Cliff drop out of the race for offensive coordinator. They're still – it's just still a question mark team of, you know, they're probably going to be projected out as a 500 ish team, but the variance could easily drop them down to picking top 10 in the first round next year. And so I would try and uh, get rid of Devonte Adams. Uh, he's like you said, he's not a guy that we saw catch 1100 yards. He, did it ended up on the stat sheet but when you watch the game he doesn't look like the Devonte adams of old and it's one of those you kind of want to get out while there's still the name value before the true regression begins to take hold i respect that kyle how do you feel about Devonte adams well if you said entering the season that he and jacoby myers would score the same number of touchdowns you'd be scared because like, oh my god jacoby myers never scores touchdowns but he had eight this year somehow and Adams, you know, hates decent. He's had better seasons, but I think the stretch yes. at the end of the season also does encourage me to, to buy him because I think, especially from a dynasty perspective, he's at the age where everyone's already expecting him to regress and, and doesn't like the situation. and feels like because he's not tied to Aaron Rodgers anymore, I don't think you can sell him to get much. I, I, I equate trying to buy him right now would be like trying to go buy Christian McCaffrey, maybe not quite to that impact, maybe like a, going to buy a Saquon Barkley not buying them for the dynasty value anymore this is teams that feel you know secure enough especially super flex enough quarterback rooms where you're just trying to uh, you know buy points this might be a cheap time to buy points especially from adams where you know your way to buy him in the season it might be a little bit more expensive so i almost be inclined to to go buy him because this is encouraging because this stretch from week 10 to 17 was with aiden o'connell for most of it rookie who was like a, a fourth or fifth round rookie not necessarily someone expected to be that great and in some of those games they seem to be afraid to almost throw with him too much anytime they could get a lead so it does feel like no matter who the quarterback is Adams can still produce so that that's the encouraging sign there because it was a little concerning it going from Rodgers to Carr was enough of a downgrade and then <laughs> hey, Carter Garoppolo was even but then you have to go to Aiden O'Connell it's like how okay how far can you tumble down and he's still You'll be able to put up these productive stretches. I think it's encouraging that if he, if he gets any type of quarterback upgrade, it's uh, right up for a bounce yeah. back season. Yeah, Adams is weird because like there's a lot of things that could happen with him. He could end up getting a better quarterback. You know, Russell Wilson is projected to potentially go there. Um, you know, a couple other quarterbacks, so he could see an increase in value in that sense there. You know, there's also I'm sure there's a rumor where he might end up going to New York, would go back with Rodgers. Uh, and obviously that would weirdly increase his value, even though it probably would hurt it. Uh, so there's a lot of weird things going with Devontae Adams this year. And I feel like, you know, selling him for if you could get a first for it. Yeah, that's that's obviously great. You know, you want to get out of a player like that. But as a contending team, uh, you should definitely be looking to buy him on the low. If, if an owner is willing to give up with a couple seconds, you know, even like the 112, you just won the championship. You think you have another year. You know, again, I don't haven't done my full rookie breakdown yet, so I don't know at the moment how valuable the 112 really can be. But Devontae Adams, if he stays with the Raiders here, 
I mean, his only competition is what Jacoby Myers. Yeah, he was great last year, but at some point, Aiden O'Connell, if he's back at quarterback, he's going to continue to feed this man. I mean, if, if a guy was going to give me 150 targets next year at the 112, I kind of want Devontae Adams and, and take that risk because who else is going to get the ball there in, in uh, Las Vegas? So I, I like Adams as a somewhat buy low. If you can, don't buy him. If you're going to give up the one seven, one six, like don't do that. Just just say, I don't know, I'll pass. You know, maybe maybe see me in a couple of months to see how you feel about that. But you know, he's definitely a good time to buy low because the the image of him not having that great of a season, even though on the stat sheet kind of does like he did. But on a per game basis, you know, people were frustrated with Adams last year. But I think he still can be a decent buy low option right now, if you know someone's willing to do the actual buy, buy low scenario for yourself so uh over to the next guy here we have mike evans here wide receiver four in the back half of the season weeks 10 to 17 1200 yards 13 touchdowns and i think uh the last few seasons we were kind of like oh mike evans is kind of kind of winding down you know barely getting over a thousand yards yeah he has double digit touchdowns which is nice but you know looked like he was on the downtrend um and this season he just exploded going into a free agency where he oh he's got a doesn't have a contract right now for the first time in his career uh, Kyle, how do you feel about Mike Evans moving forward now? It's almost similar back to the Baker conversation. Who's Evans quarterback, but then I do look back to his career. Maybe I'm more willing to buy into this type of stretch that like you said, Steve, he isn't necessarily slowing down. Cause I look back in his career and he had a 12 touchdown season as a rookie. And I'm pretty sure his rookie season, his quarterbacks were Josh McCown and Mike Glennon. So as a rookie, if you can get 12 touchdowns with those guys and then all the other heights he's shown, he's kind of proven already early in his career that he doesn't need Tom Brady to be to be great or, or even Baker Mayfield. So let's say he's, he does, he leaves and Baker stays and he ends up with a different quarterback and not as good quarterback. He could probably still be a, a productive touchdown catcher. And, and I guess the, the resurgence, you know, like you said, barely getting to a thousand, that, that, that street, that stretch, uh, that stretch of like scary the start of his career was always, yeah, it was always a little scary coming down to the last game of the season this year. Got it done like week 14, 15. Like, oh, okay. This is stress-free. This is great. All the years with Brady. It's okay. Brady knew it. Okay. Let's get there just at the end to, to keep it going. Good thing he had those 17 games, a couple of those years. But yeah. It's, uh, it's encouraging to say that. Yeah. It wasn't necessarily a decline. Now I think, his season with Baker, he got more targets than any of the three seasons with Brady. And those were years where a couple of times Brady was breaking records for most pass attempts ever in, in, in a season by a quarter. He was throwing to those running backs. That's why. <laughs> or Lenny, Lenny, Lenny Godwin more than Evans. And I think that, that is true too. Baker, Baker seemed to favor Evans a lot more than Godwin. Now a different quarterback with these two same receivers, let's say Baker doesn't stay, maybe a different quarterback views it back how Brady viewed it and Godwin is the guy. So there is maybe some concern, but I think – what he's shown year over year, you can at least expect that baseline production. Right. Like what if he ends yeah, up what, in what he did with Brady is probably at the like, still his floor. Right. Right. Like what, what if he ends up in Indy or in New York, you know, like with the giants, like that was like, the pretty wild. The giants, the giants, obviously like those yeah. are like teams <laughs> that need a wide receiver. Like that could hurt his value really badly. Yeah. No, um, sure. So that is something to consider here. Tyler, how do you feel about Evans? Yeah, definitely. Like Kyle said, um, you know, we, I'd sort of view it as the opposite of Devontae Adams. You know, we looked at Devontae Adams and you just kind of watched him go through games. And a lot of times it didn't look like he was putting up the numbers that he was. And you watch Mike Evans and he still looks like, you know, vintage Mike Evans. And uh, it's definitely a question mark of where he's going to end up. You know, as a Houston guy, I'm really crossing my fingers that he'll take a hometown discount and come play with Stroud 
which would obviously make him a smash buy. But he's definitely still got the juice, and he's shown it every season. He's one of those consistent guys who his floor is going to be exactly where you want to be. And his ceiling, it might not be as high as some people you'd be trying to buy out on, but he's someone that you can consistently trust to put up the numbers that those thousand yard seasons and those most of the time double digit touchdowns. I like it. You know, with, with Evans to me personally, I, I, I am kind of holding him. I, I want to hold on to him. Mm. Like I, I don't really want to buy him right now because I don't know what his landing spots to be like. I, I feel more confident that Adams will be in Las Vegas and he's going to see the, the main target share at Evans. Like, I don't know what's going to happen with him. Like he could stay in, but with the bucks and Baker and they could run it back again, or he could go somewhere else and team up with, you know, Michael Pittman or like, even in, if he goes to Houston, like, yeah, he's awesome there, but he's also got Nico Collins, Tank Dell and, and everyone else in the world there in Houston now. So like that would want, not want me want to buy him as much. So for me, I'm like, kind of holding on him. To, Right now, like I don't want to really want to sell him at the moment, but like you know, I want to see how their offseason goes for him. And if I want to sell him, I, I'm going to wait till the end of the season to go for that. Mm-hmm. So. All right, let's get to the last one of the buys. Yeah, not buys, but the productive guys here. David and Joku tied in one over the last seven weeks or eight weeks of the season here. Uh, amazing season out of him in the back half. Helped people win championships. 800 yards, six touchdowns, career highs, and basically everything. Tyler, how do you feel about David and Joku? You know, I love Njoku. He was always one of those hyper-athletic tight ends that we, you know, kind of sit on and you're just waiting to see the breakout happen, waiting to see the breakout happen. And, of course, his breakout happens when the Browns pull Joe Flacco off the couch. You know, only a story like that could be written by those script writers that they got in the league. But I'm I'm all in and on, I'm all in on Njoku. Uh, we're at a rare time where going into last year we were kind of looking at two, maybe three elite tight ends going into the year and then kind of hoping those rookies panned out with, you know, Laporta and maybe Michael Mayer coming out and being what everyone hoped he would be while he was in college. But jumping into the off season and then the 2024 season, we've seen that number increase to where we've got guys like Njoku who broke out and a Trey McBride and Laporta hit as a rookie and so in Joku, if you don't have one of those young tight ends to buy, or if you have an older, maybe a Mark Andrews or a Travis Kelsey that you're trying to get rid of, um, and Joku would be a great buy. He's just such a good athletic target coming out off the line, and he's even splitting out. And I mean, outside of Amari Cooper, he's that quick second look. And so I trust him going into next season. I trust the breakout that happened. And I think that he's just going to continue what he was doing, even if it's not old cool hand Joe back there throwing him the ball. I like the breakdown there. Kyle, how do you feel about David and Joku? Yeah. The quarterback situation does make me hesitant. Uh, Watson didn't look as good as expected to be with now that, uh, they, you know, the, the time off excuse couldn't be used. Okay. He had a full training camp. He was the guy and it just seemed like, from the get-go, I don't know if injuries had, were a problem even before the season started, but it seemed like he just couldn't really throw that well, to be honest, to, to, to really start the season. And, and uh, so it that's that's questionable as to what that's going to look like this year. Um, I think 
like to, to your point, Tyler, you're trying to get off of Travis Kelsey. This could be a good pivot down to Njoku, who, because he's not super young, the, the value might not be like, you know, if you were trying to go from Kelsey to Laporta, how much extra are you adding to Kelsey to the point where is, why am I giving all, adding to all these points off my team? Uh, Njoku might be a, a, a smart target that way. I do think he'll probably be overdrafted in redraft, and he's probably going to go in that middle tier of tight ends where I usually want to avoid. I think to, to kind of steal from your point, use it the opposite, uh, Tyler, because there's now this uh, bigger top tier of tight ends. It makes me the, the group of, tar- of tight ends I want to target early in drafts is like a larger pool, so I feel even less need to go for the middle rounds. If I really do miss out on everyone, then well, I may as well wait as long as possible. He's kind of in the, the where I typically avoid tight ends. And I, I just think back to Evan Ingram season in 2022 and, and maybe some touchdown regression came in and suddenly I think he only ended up with like two or three touchdowns. It took him forever to get his first one last year. Uh, and I wonder if that could also be in store for Njoku. And I think uh, Ingram was going in a similar range, the early to mid tier tight ends that I typically like to avoid. And I'm pretty sure I, I tried to tell people avoid Ingram. It's funny. That's that same draft class too. that same, like, draft class that was supposed to change everything at tight end between OJ Howard and Joku and Evan Ingram. And it sure did. George Kittle was in that class and everyone just didn't mention that. At least he hit there and he made that class the best tight end class. Ever. Oh yeah. To be fair, I'd still rather go buy a George Kittle. Like, if, like I know that's a bit older, I guess it's the same draft class, but uh, if, you know, I wouldn't necessarily pivot off of Kittle to get Joku to get slightly younger. Like that, you know, Kelsey, I might do, I think I'd still rather hold on to Andrew. I respect it. All right. All right. So uh, quick promos real quick, guys. Obviously, you know, uh, obviously, you know, me and Tyler work with Dynasty Nerds here. So uh, if you don't know that they have a a fantastic tool, the Dynasty uh, Nerds GM tool, fantastic, great way to import your team for your Dynasty to see how your team's doing and whatnot. You know, you know, use my promo code coach uh, coach uh, for that, you know, help us out, help them out. You know, it's a fantastic tool to utilize for your Dynasty leagues. And of course, uh, did it. It's a very cool uh, app here uh, that I work with them over there on, called Did It. It's an app. Uh, you can download it at iOS or uh, the Play Store, wherever you guys have, you know, your cell phones. Uh, it's a great way to have a one-on-one conversations to, to learn about your dynasty leagues and things like that here. I'm always on their chat with people helping them out, whether it's just coming up with a trade, looking at their team, evaluating it. It's a very cheap option. I know they have uh, promos all the time to get free, free uh, calls and conversations. Uh, so check that out, both those there too. So, all right, let's get back into it, guys. All right, let's get to the second half. We're going to move this a little quicker here. Start with Tua Tungavailoa. QB 18 in the second half uh, from weeks 10 to 17 here. Obviously, he led the league in uh, uh, passing yards this year here, but obviously that second half of the season was probably one to forget for many many dynasty owners or redraft owners alike. So, Kyle, uh, I'll let you go. How do you feel about Tua moving forward? Is there concerns for you? I guess I'm less concerned with this stretch as a lot of people are the common narratives. Oh, it gets colder at the end of the year. He doesn't know how to play in the cold, but you know, the, the Jets defense was in this stretch. They had to have to play them twice through this, this uh, week. And that was this 10 to 17. That was uh, arguably the, one of the toughest pass defenses to face all year. So that, that kind of came in an unfortunate stretch of games. Uh, and then even the fantasy playoffs, he was a disappointment, but I think he only had Waddle and Hill, for one playoff game in the fantasy playoffs uh, week 16, they were both active, but uh, so a lot of this did come with wide receiver injuries. And now maybe that's the bigger problem is that you could talk about this more, Steve, but the dolphins really see like they, the 
need to oh, I will. invest I will. in a third target. And you know, maybe that's constantly the running backs, but either a third, a, your third wide receiver or a, a tight end, you can actually throw passes to, you want to throw passes to, uh, to kind of help that, that if Waddler Hill is hurt, you can still, uh, you can still live out there and, and, and to it isn't cratering down to, what was he? QB, uh, he says 18 here. I think some of those, like the playoff weeks, it was down in the, in the 20s. Yeah, not great. <laughs> uh, if they could do that, I especially like buying into him, actually. I think he's going to still be a cheap dynasty uh, price. So, uh, yeah. I respect I'm, I'm willing to I like overlook it. the bad stretch and actually buy Tua. I like it. I like that. Kyle, how do you feel about Tua? Yeah, uh, definitely buy him low if you can. Um, as long as he's got Tyreek and Waddle still running – uh, he's got the opportunity to put up the stats like this and, you know, coming off of those wide receiver injuries, you know, when you're losing an elite option, even if you have two of them, it helps the defense hone in on, especially losing someone with the dynamic ability of Tyree kill. You are able to zone in on Waddle who is elite in his own right, but a little bit easier to defend if you're a, defensive coordinator defense. And so I would buy low on Tua if you could, I'd possibly hold on to him. If you've got him on your roster and you're kind of questioning, do I sell him? What do I, how do I get rid of him? What's going on here? And so I would hold him. If you have him, I would buy low if you can get the right price on him. But I think as long as he's got Tyreek and Waddle, he's good to go. Yeah, that's a that's a great breakdown there. I like that, and you guys, I like both what you guys said about Tua right now. And for me, I I want to buy into him this off season here. You know, yeah, he comes with his baggage. You know, whether or not he's kind of hot and cold a lot of times, especially if it's not good in cold weather. But you know, if you look at the season here, you know, Raheem Mostert had 18 rushing touchdowns. Devon Achain had eight rushing touchdowns. That's 20 26 touchdowns that maybe half could have went to Tua. I mean, give him another 12 touchdowns, you're looking at a 40 touchdown season here. Uh, whether it was in the back half or on the front half, there's upside to Tua here. And as long as Tyreek Hill is on this team here and Jalen Waddell, he's someone that people are are turning away from because of this bad second half. You should be buying low, a late first round pick, you know, uh, some like a Trevor Lawrence. Like if you could get Tua and a first round pick for Trevor Lawrence, I'm willing to do that because I think there's no difference in their play. They both have upside play. I think Tua has shown more as an upside player at quarterback right now. Again, there's there's up there's downfalls to Tua. Obviously, you know we've seen it year in year out now. But he stayed healthy. He led the, te- the league in passing yard and passing yards. He's got touchdown upside each and every single week. You know if he can you know rush for maybe over 100 yards in the season, that'd be great. But you know he's someone that in dynasty right now, it's a good time to go by low because no one's really looking at Tua right now as an elite quarterback. Uh, not many teams and startups. I've been in here and there. He's been going late third round a lot of times. Uh, definitely a great time to go out and buy a guy like Tua right now. Because that seems like where he was going last year, and it was the concussions and the fear. Well, he you know he played in all seventeen yeah, games he, this year. He's one of few quarterbacks. He played eighteen games. <laughs> one of few quarterbacks to do so. So you know what's the, what's the excuse now? Uh, and I think uh, last year I really advocated for the you know trade up. You know, trade your second and third round startup picks to go get two elite quarterbacks in your dynasty startups. Go get two first rounders. And I think there's a couple of quarterbacks that are really making that strategy this year, not look so good. And two is one of them. Why, why trade up? If you can just get him, like you said, in the third round, you can guarantee get him in the second round. I think Kyler Murray as well is another quarterback that probably should be going in the first round of startups that isn't. So makes it so you don't have to go spend that, that extra first round or just you know, get, get a quarterback in the first or even don't, you know, the teams that take a Jamar chase or CD lamb late, they can probably get Kyler Murray easily. And that's a great way to 
start a, a dynasty starters. Right, right, right. All right, so let's get over to the next guy here. DeAndre Swift, yeah. I mean, RB30 in the back half of the season here, not not that great, obviously. He got over 1,000 yards, which was nice, you know, but it, it felt like the, after the first three weeks of the season, after he went off those first two games, it really seemed like it was just like a disappointment week in and week out. Uh, so, Tyler, I'll let you go first. How do you feel about Swift moving forward? You know, he's a free agent. There's, you know, there's rumors, obviously, he probably could be back with Philly pretty easily, but how do you feel about Swift moving forward? Um, if he stays with Philly and they ban the tush push by Swift, because all the all the one yard carries that Jalen Hurts was running in, if they aren't allowed to do their little Philly tush push, then Swift is getting maybe half of those, and that's jumping his finishes up a good amount. But he's just one of those perplexing players of, you know, with Detroit, you always wanted him to be great, and he always had these one or two like super boom weeks. And you thought, this is going to be awesome. We're going to finally see the breakout. And then he'd get injured and just wipe out half of his season. And that was just the continuing trend. And now he's with Philly and he has a decent season going through. And I mean, not a great back half of the season. But if you look at how many times they line up within the one, two yard line and Jalen Hurts has taken that ball in down behind Travis or behind Jason Kelsey. Then you see that, you know, if you take maybe even a third of those and add them to DeAndre Swift's numbers, that turns from RB 30 to maybe RB 18, RB 15. And so it's one of those, we got to see where they go and we got to see, or we got to see where he goes and we got to see where they go with the tush push. But he's, if you could, I don't even think you could get, a ton of value for him. So he may just be a hold to hopefully, you know, play off after there's some kind of ruling or some kind of signing, but he would be a sell for me if you can sell him. And if you can, you know, pick him up, if someone's crazy enough to drop him, pick him up off the waivers. I think I, especially if he resigns the Eagles, I think he's a good sell because it's it, the touchdown is one of the things I was going to touch on. And, you know, he, he could be in store for some touchdown regression, uh, with you know, more opportunities inside the one yard line, but also he, one thing he was used a lot in Detroit is as a receiver, and mm. that really doesn't happen. Change Eagles, <laughs> and it it seemed by design like they're, they're not dumping down the ball as much. They, they have great receivers he can, that uh, Hertz can throw to between Brown and Smith. So why would you ever if one of them is ever one on one, just throw to them? And that seems like that happens at least often enough. Where I, I would almost by Swift if he signs on a different team or it looks like he might be a pass catching option somewhere there isn't a Brown and a Smith maybe one excellent receiver but there's a, a lack for a secondary target I think that's the situation you buy in so I'd almost sell because I think people excited about the thousand yard season the offense the Eagles have if he's a good sell after like right now might not be the good time to sell but if he resigns at the Eagles I mean, I think it might be a good time to buy him if he does sign with the Eagles then because if people already know what they're expecting, it's like, oh, like, you know, Swift wasn't that great, 1,000 yards, less, not minimal touchdowns, minimal receiving work. You know, it's a good time to buy him at that point, but you have to wait. He's a definitely a good hold option right now to see kind of what happens with him moving forward in, in Dynasty right now because if he signs with another team, he, his value might go up. Like, if he, if he signs with a team where, like, they're going to use him in that way that we want him to be used – yeah, you might not be able to buy him. So it, if he goes with the Eagles, it's a great time to, to buy low because I don't think anyone will be thinking of him as a top-tier option. 
but he's definitely a hold right now in fantasy for me. All right, uh, over to the next guy here, Austin Eckler, uh, another free agent running back here. RB25 from weeks 10 to 17 here. Obviously, career lows, doesn't get the double the touchdowns. Uh, you know, the our, our, the fantasy guy, yeah, it didn't work out for him this year. Kyle, how do you feel about Austin Eckler moving forward? I think it, we're pretty close to the end with him, it seems like. Yeah, this is the first of these players that I will buy into the negative end of the season. And, and what's really disturbing him, back to what I was saying with Swift, the pass catching. He only had 51 receptions this year. And that's the fewest he's had since 2018. 39 that season. And I think he played most of the year, but he only started three games. So I believe that was back when Melvin Gordon was still there as the you know, primary probably getter of snaps in, uh, as the running back. So just less opportunity for Eckler to go out there and just be on the field catching passes. So that was especially disturbing since Mike Williams missed most of the year and Josh Palmer was out of the lineup for a lot of it too. And yes, late in the season, Herbert himself got hurt. And that just seemed to hurt the offense. But there were some games, like I go back to the Packers game. Uh, in that game, there was no Mike Williams, no Josh Palmer, no Gerald Everett. And Eckler only had three targets for two catches. So just the... the and this is a, an offense that was throwing the ball enough. It's not like they were running with him a ton. So uh, it seems like his time with the Chargers is probably going to end. It seemed even last year there was some uh, – he wasn't so thrilled with how they were treating him. And, and so he played out the final year. It looks like he's definitely going to be somewhere else. And somewhere else, it's the same thing as Swift, worried about is he going somewhere he's going to be a, used as a pass catcher. But Swift has the safe floor of, man, he's still really great at running. I don't think Eckler really is anymore. But the inside of the tackles isn't his strength. He, he really, his production really just just does come from the receiving game. He wasn't a great runner. He was okay, but you're right. It was it was the passing work that was made him great, and the touchdowns, the touchdowns, and the receiving. And he was a good goal great. line runner, and just yeah. you know, he's, again, can he, he can score touchdowns, but uh, on a new team where he maybe is the second back, where someone else is getting those goal line touches, that I think really saps his value. So yeah, I'd. Uh, I don't think I have Eckler on any more dynasty teams. I think he's at the old enough phase where this is, I really don't want to roster any of these running backs at these ages onto their second, now third contracts. So I've right. been, uh, you know, th- that, to the point, this is maybe why I want to sell Swift before he gets to this stage. Right. Exactly. Tyler, how do you feel about Eckler? Yeah, it's, um, it's one of those things you just kind of start to see the wheels falling off between the offense. And maybe that was a little bit of, Kellen Moore going out there and kind of taking those that passing work and those dump offs away. But, you know, you just watch. He was never an ex, an excellent runner, but he could still run the ball if he needed to. And you just see clips of him this season, and he just looks like me out there trying to run the ball against an NFL defense. And so he's definitely, if you could get anything out of him, I would do it in a heartbeat. Um I'm very I'm not the first and I'm not going to be the last person to say this through the offseason but with Harbaugh going there it would give me no surprise if they take a second or third rounder on Blake Corum if they use that pick bring him in to yes. you know <laughs> sort of replace Eckler or bring him in as that little bruiser back so that Eckler can be thrown into the passing game again as he was but I still think we're just kind of seeing that regression to the point of you know, I'd rather get out from under it and then be wrong in the sense that he has an all right season than hold on to him in hopes that he's going to resurge and end up even more disappointed than RB25. 
Right. No, I mean, I, I get that. I, know I actually did a mock, the mock draft for the Dynasty Nerds, and I had, you know, I think Jonathan Brooks going there. And then Hallbart signed. I was like, oh, Blake, Blake's going there now. He's going <laughs> to go there now in the third, fourth round. So, uh, but yeah, Austin Eckler isn't someone I'm looking to buy right now. I mean, yeah, you could buy him maybe if someone's willing to give up a second, but I, I don't really see the value in Austin Eckler to buy him unless you're a true contender and someone's willing to just cut the bag short on on value on him right now. So. Uh, we do have a surprise visitor. Coach Jibs has made an appearance in. Hello. Oh, wow. I, I gave your send-off speech today, and uh, you're on the show. What we were talking about? about fantasy coaches, coaching changes. Oh, yeah, you, you're going to have years where there's turnover on the staff. No, yeah, he's right back. He can't know, man. I just want to take a front office position, you know? Yeah, uh, he's, he's in the background. Effective. He's marketing. He's Carroll. Marketing. <laughs> uh, uh, coach Jibs, obviously, uh, you know, Kyle, but you haven't met coach Tyler. He is a, he's our newcomer here, a new fresh face in the, in the offense. Uh, so, uh, which Tyler, this is coach Jibs. He helped me uh, start the show up from a long ago. So you're yeah, on mute. What's up, man? Nice to meet you. <laughs> you're a mute, sir. Classic Jibs on mute. <laughs> Just to remind us that it's really him. Yeah. <laughs> There he is. He's unmuted now. <laughs> All right. Uh, so let's uh, let's continue on here. Uh, we're going to only do two more because uh, I got to get off soon here. So uh, AJ Brown is next up on this list here. Uh, you know, this is a Jibs boy right here. Uh, wide receiver 34 weeks, 10 to 17 here. Even though he had a fantastic season, uh, he had a thousand yards in the first half of the season. He had uh, 400 yards in the second half of the season. So that kind of tells you what the kind of season that AJ Brown had. Obviously, you know, the Eagles just down the real fall on offense in the back half of the season here. So, uh, Jibs, do you want to mention anything about your boy, AJ Brown? Mm, he's, he's fucking great, but, um, <laughs> I'll, I'll kind of like, uh, lay the hammer on like our offensive coordinators, I guess, like them not trying to like feed the ball or get them in the right positions. Definitely put a hamper on it. And obviously hurts like having a little bit of, uh, some injuries during the late season, kind of put a hamper on his, first half like explosive season so um i still think he's a good player if i had an opportunity to buy aj brown i still will because what's he like 27 28 he's still got a good three four years left so um i got kellen moore in the building so i see him do plenty of good things with other wide receivers and running back so i'm considering like majority of the eagles to buy yeah he's only only to be 27 and some point during the season so he's still relatively young he is in that prime wide receiver position uh, Coach Tyler, how do you feel about A.J. Brown? Yeah, by A.J. Brown. Um, you know, going back to what we were talking about with DeAndre Swift, you know, so much of the offense was that running game. And if they take away one of the main aspects of that running game, Hertz is going to be forced to pass the ball more. They're not playing for eight or nine yards per downs. They're going – they have to go the full 10 yards now because they're not going to be able to count on that tush push. And I think bringing Kellen Moore in is a fantastic hire in terms of the receivers, you know, looking at A.J. Brown, looking at Hertz being healthy and being able to come in and throw the ball. I think we'll see, again, that first half A.J. Brown next year and hopefully not the second half at all. But, yeah, especially with the disappointment that the second half of the season was, especially if you can get him off someone that was let down in the fancy playoffs, I would go out and buy him. Well, we have some breaking news right now. Um, on Twitter right now, the New York, the Philadelphia Eagles will host the first ever game in Brazil, opening weekend, Friday night football. 
Oh, wow. <laughs> the first ever opening weekend the NFL is having a Friday night football game. That's good. That's, That's awesome. In Brazil. Wild. That's good In for Brazil. football. That's fantastic. I lo- I'm loving it. I don't know how they're getting away with it, but uh, they 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 said it's opening weekend, so I don't know how they're getting. I hope they're not supposed to do that. It has to be an early a early game. So that's I don't a walking know. L. So there, there's some. Um, it could be you know a little Commanders Giants uh, Cowboy game over there. Maybe who knows? Uh, but they're the home team, Jim. So you lose a home game this year. Uh, so, <laughs> but you're being Brazil. <laughs> that's a lot of fun. Wow, man. AJ yeah. Brazil, uh, but uh, he's still a top five <laughs> dynasty wide receiver for me. So definitely go buy him. Uh, to add to the the yards disparity, the, the, the touchdowns match too. He had six touchdowns uh, until week nine, and then one touchdown at ten to seventeen stretch. So yeah, definitely go buy AJ Brown. If he's Absolutely. not being priced as a top five dynasty wide receiver, he's probably the most attainable of the guys in the top five. Jefferson Chase. CD Lamb's price has skyrocketed this year, and honestly, people who have Amon Ross St. Brown have got him so cheaply that they're, they're probably not wanting to let go ever. Exactly. And just yeah. to add, I know the one player that's wide receiver 35, I think Terry McLaurin also wouldn't overreact to, to that low stretch just because no. we don't know who their quarterback is. It's as simple as that. I think Washington's yeah, yeah. going to get a better quarterback. Yeah, yeah. Terry McLaurin was the other go, one, guys, running out of time. So, <laughs> yeah, But sure. we're going to get to Travis Kelsey because that's a fun one, obviously, because we don't know what's going on with Kelsey here, but Kyle, I'll let you finish up real quick with uh, Travis Kelsey. How do you feel about him moving forward? Wide tight end nine, second half of the season, unexpected for that for sure. Uh, retirement potentially there. How do you feel about Kyle uh, Travis Kelsey? I think I don't think he can buy in Dynasty until he confirms he's going to play next year. Uh, but as long, assuming he plays, yeah, I think he's going to actually be a great redraft buy. You know, he's been going in the first round so many years now with all these other tight ends coming. I could see the 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 argument of okay the positional scarcity. He might not go in the first round, might not go in the second, even third round sometimes. So he might be a really great buy, especially in redraft leagues. Because he's so close to the end, I got at this point, I don't have any Travis Kelsey in Dynasty. So I now on just want to attack him and be aggressive taking him in redraft leagues, but not really want to buy him in Dynasty at this stage, just because Oh, he's still too expensive considering his age. As much as the people who have him, the production is great. As long as he's playing, he should be good. Yeah. I mean, his value is hard to t- judge because we don't know what's happening with him. And, you know, we'll find out, obviously, after this weekend, for some extent, maybe if he's going to retire, if if they win the Super Bowl. But maybe Rather not. buy Kittle. So, yeah, buy Kittle. Probably going to be close to the same price, if not cheaper. Probably. <laughs> Coach Tyler, how do you feel about Travis Kelsey? Yeah. If, he's, if um, he stays in the league. Let's talk about if he stays in the league, at least. Yeah, if he stays in the league, uh, definitely, you know, you see it going across the bottom there. I think that tight end number one overall is coming to an end, you know, especially with the emergence of the young Sam Laporta and how good that Detroit team has looked, especially with Ben Johnson coming back. Um, I Kelsey, if he comes back, he's still got to be a sell to me, like we talked about with that large range of, not even all elite, but still very good receivers. I think he falls down from that elite into the very good. And, you know, the hope with Casey is that they bring in a better receiving core than Marquez Valdez-Scantling and Justin Watson for next season. So I could see if he comes back, I see him falling out of that elite tier into the very good tight end tier. But, you know, with Jason Kelsey not being retired yet, I can't help but think that they're going to kind of go out at the same time. 
He did say in an interview or at the Pro Bowl that he wasn't going to retire, so we'll see. Uh, Coach Jibs, how do you feel about Travis Kelsey? I think he got one more year out of him for the minimum. Um, I wouldn't want to buy him in Dynasty because unless you're like in a win now position and you just want to put all your chips in, you get them at a good price. Otherwise, I think you're just having a really, really, really bad depreciating asset. And the only thing Travis Kelsey should be buying is the engagement ring for the Sunday when they win. Oh, God. Uh, I, I can't find that that bad. He's going to marry Taylor Swift when uh, on, on my betting app. Oh, I want to do it so bad. Uh, <laughs> I've, seen, I've noticed a couple lines being thrown out. Yeah, I want I want that so bad. I, I think it's only on like FanDuel or DraftKings. Uh, the one I use yeah, doesn't I have it. I'm so upset. Not on TSN, so that'd be make sense. Why <laughs> yeah. it's, it's pretty. It's pretty heavily juiced to the no. So it's, yeah, it's, I don't. Yeah, I don't actually think it's. Gonna happen. <sighs> At least that's what the odds makers say. If it's like yeah. minus well, three thousand for no or something like it's. You drop a little sprinkle on yes, and you have to. You just hope for it. Yeah, no, right. for sure. That's that a new album like coming out, possible Super Bowl, all the, the signs last point night. to Gary Tell. If, if your partner is a Swifty and it happens, you you'll be as excited as they are. You could both. You know, scream about it and like, hey, we also won money off this. <laughs> that is going to break the internet. Uh, but yeah, with Travis Kelsey, guys, you have to hold on to him right now. There's your, you're not buying him right now because you don't know about what's going on. But if he does stay, I mean, you're not going to get the title. You're not going to get the value. His name value is going to carry for the following season here. And it's never going to be a good time unless you know you're a true contender. And it's probably going to be in season where you're going to have to buy him right now. I wouldn't want to spend that high capital on a guy who's going to be 36 another elite tight end you'd probably have to like okay i'll i'm willing to accept a tear down to an evan ingram or, or don't like i'll take david and joku i'd rather spend a second yeah, uh, two Travis seconds for david and joku than getting travis kelsey for a first right now so yeah if you can get kelsey and joku that's probably the perfect range with tyler mentioned earlier so good point. Exactly. exactly great great point to end with at the end of your first great episode you live the highlights <laughs> yes. yes it was a fantastic first episode guys love love the show here a lot of great insight here uh, Kyle, since you're our guest, I'll let you shout us out first. Uh, anything you got going on you want to say, I'll give you the floor right now. Yeah, Full Press Fantasy Pod, Full Press Packers Pod. Uh, we'll be returning right after the Super Bowl. February dedicated to coaching changes, especially on the Fantasy Pod. And then uh, as we get into March, April, we'll talk about rookies and, and rookie drafts throughout the season and eventually turn more redraft-centric as we get to July. But that's a, you know, I'm already talking about the rest of the season. But yeah, it was a, it was a great uh, season this year. This will actually be our sixth season on the full press fantasy pod. So super excited. Oh, that's awesome. Congratulations. Congratulations. Yeah. So tune into that guys. Uh, when the, after the Super Bowl gets here, it's a, it's a fantastic, both shows are fantastic. So uh, again, Kyle, we appreciate you jumping on as always love to have you on as our first guest of the year. So uh, coach Tyler, how was your first show? Anything you want to mention to the listeners out there right now? Yeah. Um, first show super awesome. Super excited to jump on as a coach with y'all. Um, like we mean coach Steven talked about, uh, go check out dynasty nerds, especially this time of year, uh, use code coach. Not only does that get you into the dynasty GM, but that gets you into our all 22 film room, which is stocked full of film for rookie season as you're looking for dynasty. And then also keep an eye on our Debbie content because we will have a ton coming out, rookie profiles, mock drafts, different things to get you ready and primed for, uh, for your rookie drafts. So Keep an eye out for that, and uh, super excited to be jumping on with y'all. So great, okay. fantastic first episode, Tyler. Love, we'll, we'll love having you on. It's gonna be it's gonna be great, uh, Coach Jibs. 
Anything you want to mention before we go out tonight? Oh, like, comment, subscribe to the Fantasy Coaches on YouTube. Um, hit us up on Twitter at Coaches Fantasy for all your little hot takes and tweets and all that good stuff. And that's about it. And again, I appreciate you all for jumping on again, all three of you guys. Uh, it's going to be another fantastic season here at the Coaches. Thank you all for two tuned in tonight, whether you're live on our YouTube channel or if you're listening afterwards on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcast, uh, we definitely appreciate it. We're going to be here every Monday around 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time live. And then obviously the show will be up a day or two afterwards for you to listen on the pre-recorded. And again, we'll be here all off season. We're going to be tackling some dynasty, some free agency. We'll get into the rookies, rookie drafts. And then before you know it, the summer will be here and we'll be talking about 2024 season. So uh, we enjoy you all having you all on. Uh, tune in until next time, guys. And have a good The back is not far fetched. We got a couple of clock cans. I've been feeling super duper. How the heck they know the future? Come with me, don't be a loser. Grass is green like pooper scoopers. Clueless analysts don't do the half of this. In fact, I'm backing this by asking if y'all remember that tough act interacting. Shh, like boom, running like zoom. The highest and mighty has entered the room. High off the knowledge, I'm feeling the fumes. All players cover this nuts as legumes. Opponents are doomed, and these are the facts. I keep it 100 like I'm running. Track. Listen up, Jack. I'ma head back. Back to the blowing that, blowing that, blowing that. Go.